just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. What's up, folks? This is the 55th edition of the Real Estate Brothers, where we go over some August 2022 statistics and some other news impacting Hawaii investors and talking about some other mainland news. In Hawaii, there's so much to do. There's hula, there's surfing, and real estate, too. We're just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. And if you're new to the show, we do this every month. You guys can check out the past videos at arialoha.com slash videos dash articles. My partner in crime here, Dean Huerta, is going to be talking about the Hawaii statistics first. Take it away, Dean. Hey, thanks, everybody. Hopefully, you guys are digging this new time and date this month. I'm trying to do it at lunchtime, so hopefully people can tune in more. But yeah, jumping in straight to the August statistics for Honolulu. I've been trying to, um, wait, I'm waiting in bated breath every time this information comes out. I'm trying to look for more information just because with these rising interest rates and we have hearing so much doom and gloom about the cooling off of the real estate market all over the country. I'm trying to see where are we at in in terms of this cooling off period. So as you can see here for single family on the left for August, median single family prices are maintaining. They went up 7% from prior year at 1.1255 million. On the other hand, townhouses and condos have gone down a smidgen at just under 500,000. Where you see the real action or if you want to call it cooling off, it's in the volume and transactional sales for both single family and condos where they both gone down 26% and 24, 25% respectively. However, days on market has seen a little bit of a change. We went up increases of four, four days for condos at 13 days on market. For I'm sorry, for single family and for condos, it's it stayed the same at 11 days on market. doesn't seem like we are seeing the cooling off like how the mainland is seeing it parts of the mainland. I think we talked about Las Vegas last um, episode. So some additional statistics for August. For one, for single-family homes on Hawaii, we've seen a 49% sales closed below asking price. So 40, 49% of the sales that closed in August were below asking, which is a um, different from prior year, which was 23% of single-family was below asking price. Also, we see that 13% of newly listed homes have had price reductions in the current month. And uh, that's the difference. Uh, prior year was 4%. 8% of newly listed condos had a price reduction versus 3% in prior year. And uh, overall, 34% of condos have had a price reduction throughout the period that they've been listed versus 21% from prior year. Keeping in mind that last year was very much a buyer frenzy. And so it's all relative when you're comparing it to a prior year, which was really strong seller's market with record-breaking prices. And just to show you this here in terms of sales volume, in August, we had 319 for single family and 508 for townhouses. But if you go back to pre-COVID same time in August in that 2019, 
We have 272 for single family and 525. It's still a decrease from pre-COVID numbers, but not as much when you, you're looking at prior year, I guess is my point. You know, it's all relative. And part of the reason why we're seeing this quote-unquote cooling off is interest rates, right? They've more than doubled since the beginning of the year. This was taken a few days ago, 6.25. I think yesterday was like 6.13 in terms of the 30-year amortized fixed rate. The challenge is current homeowners have, most of them have a 3% loan. And so it's harder to, for homeowners who are trying to upsize or downsize, because now your, your buying power has gone down if you're looking for the replacement home. I've also heard Again, anecdotally, like, you know, local flippers are having some challenges because sellers were so spoiled for these last few years in terms of things selling before they even got on market or maybe a few days after market selling for way over asking. So flippers were getting their margins and could pay off their hard money loans. No problem. Ahead of schedule, it's challenging. And so something to keep in mind, too, is the statistics we talk about at the beginning of the episodes, a lot of them are lagging indicators. Interest rates are more are a leading indicator. So if that's if the trend is going up and it's inversely related to prices, then that's telling us um, something in the future. One thing to think about too is me is that uh, it's a supply and demand thing, right? And so in Hawaii, we're limited to our being on the island, and two, new construction doesn't occur as fast as it can in other places. Um, Part of it being to supply chain, other parts doing relating to the laws and permitting and just available places to build residential real estate. So going to the supply and demand part, you look at the new listing trends. And if you can see here, we, we're having a downward trend in terms of new listings coming on market. So that's keeping our inventory relatively low. And that's why for the most part, our Again, in a macro level, we're still able to maintain our current prices. If you look at here, a month's supply of inventory, something that also is, um, we are not seeing a big spike up. So as soon as inventory starts to spike up, it'll give buyers more options and also affect, definitely start softening up the prices. So don't get me wrong, in various parts of Oahu, we are seeing more of a equilibrium in terms of becoming less of a super strong seller's market and giving buyers a chance, less uh, multiple offer situations. And we're also seeing a lot of uh, cash offers winning out. So that's something interesting. One of the escrow officers I had breakfast with yesterday, we were talking and he said, eight out of the last 10 escrows that they've closed were cash deals. As we say, cash is king and they're the ones winning out. If you've been listening to the Simple Passive Cashflow podcast since 2016, you have seen me, well, change my mind a few times. At one time, I thought buying a bunch of rentals was the way to financial freedom, so you could be that cool guy at the local real estate club with all the other misguided landlords. As I became an accredited investor, I discovered the three-step system that we use today. First, syndication deals where you don't invest with dishonest operators to get better returns than the 401k financial planner garbage. Second step, get passive losses to unlock the tax best practices that the wealthy employ. And last and least impactful, Number three, infinite banking. If your net worth is not yet $1 million, check out my free turnkey rental remote e-course at simplepassacashflow.com slash turnkey. All right, speaking to accredited investor to accredited investor, my one, two, three system is very simple to implement, but it requires plugging into a community of purely passive accredited investors like ours. Join our investor club for more insider access 
go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. Those who are looking to deploy more than $250,000 their first year or make over $300,000 in annual income or net worth over a couple million dollars should really look into our exclusive inner circle called the Family Office HANA Mastermind, FOOM for short. Learn more at simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey. So transitioning to our, what I want to talk to next, I always like to talk about new construction in Hawaii because there's a lot of people out there who like new construction. So I wanted to give an update on two neighborhoods, one of them being Core Ridge over on Central Oahu, Castle and Cook Development. They had held off on single family construction, namely the Nanea neighborhood. And they recently announced that they're going to start single family construction again. The new neighborhood is called Waioha, and these are two to four-bedroom single-family homes, 950 to just under 1,500 square foot living, starting in the 900, the mid-900s. So keep in mind, Core Ridge is all CPR homes, so you don't own the land under you. It's common limited comment area for you but if you're interested let me know the word on the street it's going to be coming soon but word on the street is they're going to start the lotteries this month later this month in september another is that why ola like the kind of the lower income portion or like the mid-range or how do they do that so these are market price they're not you don't have to qualify for income the ones you have to qualify for income they're townhouses and so those are still being built but these are just market price homes they're going to be smaller than the initial phase of nanea because a lot of the nanea homes were on the edge or the ridge of the entire core ridge neighborhood so yo is going to be more in the middle so that's why they're priced less and they're a little bit smaller too so yeah mar- market hundreds it's tiny there's like apartments bigger than that the yes and, and again the entire core ridge neighborhood is all CPR properties. None, none of it's a fee. You don't own the property under you. It's all CPR lots. So that's like the land. It makes the, the, the a little cheaper, right? That's how like Manhattan and it's all hundred year leases. So they say it makes it like ninety percent of what it should be. It's still fee simple, but you don't own the land directly under you. It's all owned by the CPR. Yeah. But that being said, like you, exactly what you said, you're able to make smaller lots. And yeah, one interesting thing is when you drive through Coridge, you don't have your own mailbox. There are little stations where you go and you pick up your mail slots, like in a like in a townhouse kind of community. So interesting. The new okay. stuff coming online is more like your million, million half houses then, or no? Yeah, exactly. And so the interesting thing will be, I'm curious, is how the lottery system. So Coridge is all lottery, right? So is Hopili for that matter. But in the past, they release maybe 10 to 15 homes at a time then two to four of them would be earmarked for castling the developers friends and family so then maybe the only 10 will come up for lottery but there would be like 150 applicants entering the lottery right and that's been consistent throughout the whole first phases so i'm curious to see what kind of demand will we see for yoha if there's going to there's got to be effect from these this big interest rate increases, right? In terms of how many players are going to be ready, willing, and able now to enter this lottery. So we'll find out, and I'll definitely report it to you folks to see how the demand has changed from the prior Nanea 
lotteries. Similarly, we have Hopili Kaikea Complex, which is mixed-use townhouses in Hopili. And they're doing the last round of Kaikea. Not to say that they're not going to build any more uh, multi-unit complexes. It's just the ones in the neighborhood called Kaikea. So these are the studios start at 313000 with, and the three bedrooms are going for 660000 Also, lottery, it's actually due tomorrow for this last phase. So any interest, give me a holler and I can talk about how to send in your application. But yeah, it's interesting how people really enjoy new construction. I, I don't blame them. Right? I had one client who I showed a bunch of units in Hopili, the older stuff, and then when... We went to the showroom and the model home for the new construction. They were like, oh, no brainer. They want new construction, which is cool. It's good to yeah. hear that there's some people that. Well, it's, it, that's the trend, right? Like they are willing, they don't need 2,000 square feet. They're fine with 1,500, but they wanted everything to be new. Backsplash this and countertops like this. Eventually, the next generation of kids, they'll be fine with 850 square feet and new. Yes, yeah. it just gets right. smaller and smaller. And it's cyclical, so we shall see. If I had my druthers, I don't need to live in a single family with a big yard. I'm okay with a condo in Kakaku, but it's not just about me. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You don't need a yard. You don't have to pay more money or spend your time or point your time to fix it up. But yeah, I'm sure it'll swing the other way. Because these yard men are, yard people are pretty... The landscapers, I should say, are not cheap these days. Second to last thing I want to talk about is, of course, always we talk about the scam of the month. And we have the PayPal invoice scheme. So in this recent scheme, the cyber criminals send you a fake invoice through a real PayPal account. And the tricky thing with that is because emails from PayPal are not seen as spam by your your email viewer. The email will be go through your inbox and not sent to your spam. And the email looks legit. And since it's from the PayPal, you shouldn't be fooled because you don't want to be paying this invoice that's not real, obviously. So tips to consider is don't rely on email spam filters to block phishing emails sent to you. Check the emails for red flags. Always, you, know, you always want to be diligent. To verify the legitimacy, contact the service provider and don't trust the legitimacy of email just because it went came through a trusted website. And something we talked about last week, last month, I should say, Lane, I wanted to update everybody on if you're interested was, Lane, remember the Hawaii Lower Ridge home that went onto market? So the I was tracking it and it's after seven days, it's gone into escrow. We have a buyer. And wow. The, but you don't know what it's at though. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell. Theoretically... As a general rule of thumb, if it goes into contract within seven days, it's got to be at or asking. But in this scenario, who knows? Because someone could have said, oh, I'm going to throw out a low offer and the sellers might have been grateful with it. This is not a, this is an atypical transaction, I would say. So uh, it's hard to just assume or presume that we're at or, or above the asking price. Even though, again, we talked about it last month where this was definitely the cheapest home on the block in terms of pricing for very well good reason my guess is it kind of similar to their asking which is exactly why you buy real estate i just wanted to follow up because we had a fun discussion last month so hopefully people are like oh cool yep that's all i have
if you guys like investing on the mainland, check out my podcast, Simple Passive Cashflow. And uh, first thing here, a lot of questions. Are we in a recession? Some people are like doom and the gloom and, you know, they like that fear porn. People love that stuff. Like they want to watch these YouTube channels, etc. A lot of these indicators for recessions just are are saying we aren't really in one. To me, one of the biggest thing is unemployment. Unemployment is super low. I was watching a, a YouTube channel that's really cool. I might want to check this out, Dean, but it's like the uneducated economist. This hmm. dude, he works at a lumber plant, but he comes up with a lot of good ideas. Interesting. He was bringing up the point where right now you have a lot of, if you're a business owner, finding good people to hire is really impossible right now because everybody thinks they're hot stuff because the the unemployment is low and, and wages are really high, which is absolutely is not what happens in a recession, folks. That doesn't happen. You don't have 3.5% unemployment in the recession. In fact, I personally think that this should be almost double where it should be now to get us back to equilibrium in a way. And that's what the Fed is doing. They're increasing interest rates to you know, scare future forecasts for businesses to hopefully have them pull back on their future payroll to induce a, like you induce a coma, but you induce a mild recession to cool this off. Because as this guy was saying, a lot of people, what they're doing, well, a lot of people are have like two jobs because they can work at both times. You have two virtual jobs that you don't have to go into. You can get paid double. But what people are doing is they're working a job and then they're just ghosting the employer and going to another job that they prefer better or just slowly moving around. And what they're realizing is they need to put a stop to this. Oh, no. And the only way to do this is the bump up unemployment. Because right now, if you're an employer, you're screwed. And that's exactly what the pandemic created in initially, right? Like, I forget what it was, 100,000. It's all this freedom to put up ghost positions. And now that's what the situation that we were created. We had all these ghost positions or people working multiple jobs or... Of course, this is a theory. Either way, unemployment is just too low at this point. Huh. Um, that's so interesting. I mean, it's the question is of productivity. As people were no longer working in the office and now are working remotely, that allows this, like you said, ghosting. Is it, Or the counter, maybe people are getting more efficient where... They can do their eight-hour job in four hours, and then go do another job for four hours. <laughs> That's probably what you and I would have done in our twenties. Like we would have <laughs> bust our butts for a day and a half at one job, go find another job, work there for two or three days a week, and then get paid double. We're, yeah, we're ahead of our time, man. Maybe we would have stayed at those jobs right. Right, for the government or something like that, working two jobs. But I don't know. Now I'm on the other side of it as the business owner. <laughs> and I think it's messed up and it pisses me off. <laughs> so GDP growth is negative for the past couple quarters, which is supposedly what they defined as a recession. Yep. But I really question, is it really a recession when the last few quarters, it just exploded and I just having a little bit of a snapback. There's this other, you're a tax guy, Dean, this Novo Gradic website, great resource for commentary on changes in taxes they'll talk about solar they'll talk about oil they'll talk about in this case the in inflation reduction act which was 750 billion dollar budget but which actually got cut down two to three times from what it was originally but a lot of renewable energy in there amongst a whole bunch of random stuff that they always just throw in there <laughs> yeah. uh, 
no real takeaways on like how is the little investor like us listing capitalize on some of this stuff. But uh, we'll let you know. I usually post it on my website, simplepassivecashflow.com slash tax. As apparently you can have a murder in your house and it can still sell for, for pretty, pretty good. <laughs> like you invest off fundamentals, right? Real estate, land, they're not making any more of it. And the reason why I invest in apartments is 4.3 million new apartments are needed by the year 2035 and uh, supply versus demand. And that there is a huge demand for housing for regular people caused by underbuilding in the 2008 financial crisis, more immigration, and 40% of these future demand apartments are coming from the states of Texas, Florida, and California. Here's 10 cities that you need to have a salary of over hundred grand to be able to afford a median house. Those would be San Jose, San Francisco, San Diego, Los Angeles, Seattle, Boston, New York, Denver, Austin, Washington, D.C. Um, I'm surprised Hawaii's not on here. I was about to say that exact same thing. Yeah, Hawaii would be number three there at point one. That was my point guess. One. And I know our salaries absolutely suck out here. I would say 30% less for an equivalent position on the mainland. But probably they didn't put on here because Hawaii is just a little too small. But yeah, I would say Hawaii probably should be on here. On the opposite side of the spectrum, the bottom 50 states where these are the cheapest places. So this is Indianapolis, Memphis, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Detroit, St. Louis, Louisville, Cleveland, Oklahoma City, and Pittsburgh. Downsides, these are kind of boring cities. But I guess if you just stay in your 850 square foot apartment and you don't go anywhere because you don't have any money to do anything. I guess you don't need money to have fun, but it sure makes it easier. I guess it doesn't matter. You talked about the increases in interest rates on the commercial side. Interest rates also seen the impact. And a lot of this is due to the war in Ukraine and the COVID in China. That's effectively what is slowing down the supply chain and limiting the United States and other large countries to get access to cheap labor. Right now, the dollar, like there's a lot of other countries, like especially in Africa, that are getting killed with the dollar debt differential right now. I feel bad, bad for them, but I guess if you live in America, you're lucky. But that's what's happening right now is the interest rates go up. These, these other countries that borrow a lot of US dollars, like the Africa countries, they're just going to get destroyed by this i want to buy some japanese yen right now (laughs) (laughs) multi-housing news also reports senior housing the next wave of investment this is another macro supply demand thing more and more people are going to need senior living living assisted living in their older ages the silver wave which is the uh, baby boomers cool silver hair coming to the age right now they're all retiring or retired but it's still going to be another 10, maybe even 15 years till they really need these types of end of days care. I haven't really seen an operator that can put it all together and capitalize on that big obvious trend. So that's another thing, which is kind of put on the trends here. So here are some markets that are on the movement up in terms of analyzed growth in gross income. Jacksonville, Albuquerque, Tampa, West Palm Beach, Orlando, Phoenix, Tucson, Memphis, Raleigh, Fort Lauderdale, they're all over 9.8 to 12.7 increase in analyzed growth with lower vacancy. And then some of the bottom 10, Minneapolis, Washington, D.C., Lexington, Knoxville, Kansas City, St. Louis, New Orleans, Columbus, Buffalo, San Jose. 
you've got some stuff in Kansas City. Why are they on this list, or is it just a bounce back? Yeah, that's um, interesting. Yeah, it makes me nervous now. Ooh, I got to look into yeah. it. I know Knoxville, just to make you feel a little bit better. Knoxville had a killer past year, like Boise had a killer 2020, 2021. So I think the reason why Knoxville is on that bad side of the list is because they're just did a snapback. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Just like how Boise did. And that's actually, I think, how the GDP numbers are, right? GDP was crazy 2020, 2021. And just a matter of a, a slack back in the pent-up demand. Relative to the prior year, right? Small multifamily investment trends report from Arbor. This is the refinances um, taking a tail off of from our, the highs in 2020 and 2021. But the prices still continue to go up. Why? Because the rents are still continuing to go up in everything, pretty much. Here are the cap rates and spreads between the larger multifamilies and the smaller multifamilies. And then expense ratios was interesting. This is the old, for the landlords in the crowd, the 50% rule, where you're told to estimate 50% of your expenses of your income to go to expenses to get eaten up with repairs, vacancy, et cetera. But what you see here, 2020 was a low time because at least what we did at our apartments is we didn't fix a lot of stuff because we really didn't want the handyman repair guys to be interacting too much with the tenants because everybody thought they were going to get COVID and die back then. 2021, 20, now, I think nowadays it's safe to say that it's been embraced in society and just part of way of life so a lot of the uh, the repairs the deferred maintenance got picked up in 2021 so that's probably why the expense ratios started to pop up you also had very low turnover in 2020 as people just stayed put they weren't looking for new apartments they weren't looking to move from their old apartments that's basically what was happening loan to values are a little bit lower than what it was in 2019 which i think was the last mini peak and top U.S. metro for multifamily starts, New York, Dallas, Washington, D.C., Miami, Austin, Phoenix, Atlanta, Seattle, Los Angeles, Philadelphia. So you can take these statistics two ways. First, you can take it as these are where the pros are picking to build more stuff. If not, they wouldn't put their own skin in the game and put their money where their data research is taking them to. That's a good reason why to follow them. A potential bad reason will be, well, they're building stuff. So that increases supply. So you don't know if the demand is, but again, obviously the pros have their analytics to determine that themselves. Gains are largely driven by demand, by rising demand for apartments and condos. Here from multi-housing news, top 50 multifamily property management firms of 2022. I just wanted to put this up on the screen since we started to use Lincoln, which is number two there. They operate 210,000 units. I think most mom and pa's, they operate maybe a hundred, at least, I don't know, locally here. But I know when I work with some property management companies in my little single family homes in Birmingham and Atlanta, they had maybe a hundred, 200 at most for their little mom and pop operation. Do you know what the bigger firms here in Hawaii, what's their unit counts? I think in the couple hundred, like the smaller ones, you got 30 to 40. But yeah, the bigger ones are like, I would say four or 500. It's like even like maybe a thousand, if that, right? These are pretty big dogs here. Lincoln has 200 times of that firm. And they are massive companies and they have a big back end to help out a lot of the in-person staff. Good and bad, I think. 
you know, the, the, that allows the people at the properties that do their job and interact with clients and do the marketing and do the lease ups, as opposed to having them run on the internet, on Amazon, finding the best prices for lawn equipment, stuff like that, that really the back office should be doing. Yardy matrix, here are some trends. The rent growth moderates as economy and demand softens, remains lofty by historical standards. Occupancy remains at 96% for the consecutive month, which is pretty high on average. Supply demand imbalance supply sustains growth, so continued growth. Single family rentals make the best interest rate hikes. Wealthmanagement.com says uh, garden apartments remain favored among multifamily buyers, probably because you're a little bit less space, you're more spaced out with your, your tenants. So this one should make the hair stick up in the back of landlords. So the big boys, in this case, Blackstone are coming in and institutions are buying up single family home rentals, which Again, this is why I'm always like, it's always been the non-accredited investors who are always spooked to not do anything and get robbed 9.1%. And they're like, nah, it's always not a good time to invest. Then why are the pros going in heavy-handed right now? Follow the smart money. Follow the smart money, right? Yeah. Heavy con- concentration in the Sun Belt, Texas, Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama, and Mississippi. So yeah, here's Blackstone is prepping their $500 billion vehicle to soup up real estate bargains during the downturn. Here's, and yeah, follow what the smart money does and update. So rent growth continuing to go up and record breaking rent growth in the markets of the South and the West. Nothing new that we haven't talked about. I think there's the last few slides from the Joint Center for Housing Studies following domestic migration. So this is, the majority. Then we're going to talk about international migration, which is a fraction of this. But this is really the bigger driver. This is people moving from one state to another state. So they are moving out of these orange states, which is Illinois. I think that's New York and California. And they're going to the dark blue states, which are Arizona, Texas, and Florida, and some of your other southeast states. Hawaii is... Hawaii is outward migration. That's what I expected. People are moving out of Hawaii generally. But there are people moving out of the country to America. And partially, this is this is another reason why low-income housing is on the rise. I thought when I went to college, Dean, like I thought all the rich kids were from Asia that came. Apparently, there's a lot of poor kids from Asia come here too. I didn't know that. I just, I just knew all the rich kids from Asia who had their like Gucci this or Prada that, smoking cigarettes all the time. I thought they were all rich, but little that's just a self-selecting bias where I hung out near the library at a Division one college. But uh, they, you know, they'll, they'll go to a lot of different states. And I had another article in here. I don't know if I took it out recently, but before they would go to a lot of these gateway cities, such as California, New York, like the San Francisco's. But now with COVID, they, they're also going to a lot of the random flyover states too. You still get based off of this chart. The purple are where they're going out the most, is, which is Texas, Florida, and New York. Based on this, many more rural counties are getting migrants in 2021 compared to 2009. Because I used to ask people's parents, they might be Korean or whatever. And then they're like, I can think of one guy like, 
parents are in like Ohio. I'm like, why did they go to Ohio? But apparently, I don't know exactly how migration works, but whether you get assigned a location or you just got to take it and go, I don't know. But it's just not inflowing into the gateway cities. Maybe they'll go to Kansas City. I think that is a wrap. If you guys have any questions or comments, please type it into the comments. We'll answer them later on. We do post these videos in different platforms, such as Facebook, YouTube, Dean's YouTube. And then we also have this on the podcast form. But if anything, reach out and engage with us. Let us know that if this time changes better for you guys. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Free Real Estate Investing Group. Check out REI aloha.com We're just two local guys with so much to say So listen to the real estate brothers today Hey, just some legal stuff here. Although these two brothers are pretty knowledgeable and have over 2,100 rental units and own over $160 million worth of real estate, that preceding are only ideas and not to be taken as legal, tax, or financial advice, okay? You should always seek the professional advice of other professionals on your team and think for yourself and do your own due diligence, okay? Aloha.